0: Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that we gather together here, Father, and we wish to hear from you. Lord, your word is so powerful and it is so true, and it cuts through all the clutter. It cuts through the wrong thinking that we may have. It cuts through the emotion and the pain we may be experiencing. And so, Lord, I ask that the word would come forth in power and victory right now. Father, I ask that you would fill me from the soles of my feet to the crown of my head, that every fiber in my being and cell in my body would cry out for the glorious name of Jesus. For, Father, I have no wisdom, and you know, Lord, I am just on my knees before you. So, Lord, I just look to you to do something amazing here in our midst. I just thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So often we hear about the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Do you ever wonder where we get this connection between a lamb and sin? Well, fortunately for us, it's in the Bible. We find those words sin and the word lamb Both appear together for the very first time in Genesis in chapter 4. Neither words appear before, but they appear in that first chapter together. As you may recall, in chapter 4, we have the sons of Adam and Eve, that being Cain and Abel. As we know, Abel was tending sheep and Cain was a farmer tending to the fields. The Bible tells us in verses 3 and 4 that Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel brought an offering of the firstborn of his sheep. The Bible continues in telling us that God found Abel's offering to be acceptable, while he didn't find Cain's offering to be so. Cain was very angry about this, so God tells tells him that if he isn't careful, sin is crouching at the door. God says that Cain must rule over the sin, lest it overtake him. Of course, we know that this story ends, Cain kills Abel in a fit of rage. Here in the Bible, we have the first mention of a sheep and sin together in the same place. The offering by Abel of the sheep was acceptable. The offering by Cain was not. But it wasn't the nature of the offering itself It was the condition of the heart that made that offering. Cain became angry that his offering wasn't acceptable. Yet the fact that he was angry was what made the offering unacceptable to begin with. He gave out of a heart that was expecting something in return. There were strings attached. The offering of sheep, of a lamb, was acceptable. Yet sin prevented the offering of grain to be acceptable. God knows the condition of our hearts. I want to fast forward here a few chapters to the next time that we see the love of God expressed in the sacrifice of a lamb. Of course, I'm referring to Genesis 22, and here we have Abraham being tested in his faith. As you may recall, Abraham had been called by God to take his son Isaac and to sacrifice him on the altar. In verse 2 of Chapter 22, we read, Take your son, he said, that's God, your only son Isaac, whom you love. Go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. So Abraham obediently follows the command of the Lord, trusting that God's ways are greater than his own ways and knowing that God is a promise-keeping God and that God would uphold his promise, that Isaac would continue The promise of the line to many generations. So Abraham takes Isaac and two of his young servants, and they travel to the place that God had commanded that they go. Once there, Abraham takes Isaac and says to the young men who came with them Wait here. The boy and I will go over there to worship, and then we will return. Abraham knew that God was going to restore Isaac in one way or another. And then we have an absolutely amazing conversation that is recorded for us, starting in verse 7. Then Isaac spoke to his father Abraham and said, My father. And he replied, Here I am, my son. Isaac said, The fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. God himself will provide the lamb. Continuing in verse 9, when they arrived at the place that God had told him about, Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood. He bound his son Isaac and placed him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And Abraham replied, Here I am. And then he said, Do not lay a hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your only son from me. Now that seems really curious to me, your only son. Was Isaac Abraham's only son? Ishmael was born first. But yet there was something special that is being communicated here. The Hebrew term only son is the very same words that we see in John 3.16. We know that verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Only begotten son. Here, we see why Isaac is special. The one and only son here is the son of the promise. Isaac is the son of the promise that fulfills the covenant that God cut to bless Abraham. Jesus is the son of promise as the Messiah. The story in Genesis 22 concludes with verses 13 and 14. Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in a thicket by its thorns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering in place of his son. And Abraham named that place, the Lord will provide. What we see in these scriptures is that it is God that is able to provide the promised land. As much as we, as much as you and I, we want a sacrifice that we can bring as an offering to the Lord. Eventually, the only sacrifice that is sufficient will not be coming from us to God, but comes from God to us. The Lord will provide for himself a lamb. And that will show the world his love and his compassion towards a hurting world, and his way of reaching out to a dying and sinning world to give them hope. That's the only solution. I heard something recently that I really liked. Somebody referred to the gospel as the gospel pill. Because you take a pill and you have eternal life. Even if you die, you won't die. And our job as believers is to give that pill to others. Whether they take it or not is not up to us. It's their responsibility. But we are called to give people the gospel, the antidote to sin and death of this world. So we see in just two of these scriptures the shadowing of this connection between sin and sheep, between our offering to God and the necessity of having him Provide for that sacrifice. So I want to jump ahead about 2,000 years ago to an area opposite Jericho. And I want to join a man named John. I'm not really sure that he was a Baptist, but that's what we call him. He's baptizing people and he's calling for repentance. And then suddenly he sees, standing before him, Jesus and the first thing that comes out of his mouth is found in John 1.29. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. John didn't say, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of some, the few, this group or that group, but of the whole world. To understand this in context, we must go to the book of Exodus in the 12th chapter. Here we have God telling Moses and Aaron to tell all of the assembly of God to take a lamb, to hold that lamb for four days in their home. The lamb was to be a year old and without blemish. The reason was that a year old lamb was considered to be an adult lamb. It was to be kept for four days, to be examined and ensure that no fault could be found. This was a foreshadowing of Christ. Jesus started his ministry at 30 years old. Did you ever think about why 30? Well, at 30 years old, that was the time that was established that a man could have standing to speak authoritatively on biblical matters in the context of a religious Jewish society. He was an adult, presented without blemish. And then he was examined during his earthly ministry to ensure that no fault could be found. On the fourth night, the entire assembly was to take their lamb and they were to be killed at twilight. Continues, then we shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts. And why do we do this? The Lord answers, it is the Lord's Passover. For I'll pass through the land of Egypt that night and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and and beast and on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments I am the Lord the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are and when I see the blood I will pass over you and no plague will befall you or destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt the blood from the blameless perfect lamb without blemish that no fault could be found in was to be placed over the door of the house and the judgment of God would pass over. And that is what John was saying when he looked at Jesus, anyone who has the blood of the Lamb, the sacrificial blood of Christ, the perfect Lamb of God, placed on the doorposts of their hearts. If you are truly surrendered to Him, then the judgment of God shall pass over you. You see, if you are born again, You're celebrating Passover every day. You will not face the judgment of God, not because of something that you did, but because of everything that God did. God had to provide that sacrifice. There isn't a lamb perfect enough, clean enough, without blemish, and without fault enough. Only Jesus can provide that sacrifice. Only Jesus is faultless, without blemish, perfect Only He is the perfect Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. When we come to the Lord's table, we are not here to learn something new. We are called by Christ to remember what has already taken place. Something interesting to note, the Exodus started the Jewish calendar. From that moment on, the history of the Jews was to be recorded on a calendar. And this Passover event was to mark the beginning of that calendar. It's like New Year's to us. And as it's such an important event, it was to be celebrated every single year. God said that the Jews would remember to teach their children and the whole nation what God had done to redeem them from Egypt. And some 2,000 years later, in an upper room with his disciples, Jesus met to celebrate that Passover, and he tells his disciples, this, do in remembrance of me. We do this to remember what God has already accomplished. God commands this because he knows that it's way too easy for us to forget. He told the Jews that they would forget him once they entered the promised land, but we must never forget. It didn't go well for the Jews who forgot, did it? We must not forget that it was God who redeemed the Jews from the land of Egypt. He led them through the desert to the promised land. He sustained them and he helped them and protected them and he chastised them. And then he sent his promised son to redeem a fallen and a broken world from the consequences of sin. He did that. It's not about you, and it's not about me. It's about remembering what God has done. That's what Passover is about. That's what communion is about. That's what our lives are supposed to be all about. So let's remember together. Hi, I'm Jeff Eckstein, one of the pastors here at Bethlehem Community Church. Welcome to our Sunday podcast, coming to you from the town of Bethlehem in upstate New York in the USA. Bethlehem Community Church is an independent, non-denominational, Bible-based evangelical church that includes people with backgrounds from many denominations. We believe that it is only through the love of the Father, the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on the cross, and the power of the Holy Spirit that we can come into a personal relationship with God. We are people truly seeking a deeper intimacy with God and with one another. If you'd like to know more about our church, please visit our website, at www.bccdelmar.org. There you'll be able to find our Statement of Faith, as well as more about the ministry of Bethlehem Community Church. You'll also be able to submit prayer requests as we are called to pray with and for you. We also would love to hear your story and how you found our podcast and where you're listening from. So please visit our website and send us an email. Again, it's bccdelmar.org. That's bcc d e l m a r dot org Thank you for joining us as we continue our pursuit of knowing God and making him known.